Welcome to our Clothe with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Sunday, July the 23rd, 2023. It is the 16th Sunday of Ordinary Time. Our reading today is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus proposed another parable to the crowd, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat, and then went off. When the crop grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No. If you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. Let them grow together until harvest. Then at harvest time, I will say to the harvesters, First collect the weeds and tie them in bundles for burning, but gather the wheat into my barn. He proposed another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a person took and sowed in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when full grown it is the largest of plants. It becomes a large bush, and the birds of the sky come and dwell in its branches. He spoke to them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed with three measures of wheat flour until the whole batch was leavened. All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables. He spoke to them only in parables to fulfill what had been said through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables. I will announce what has lain hidden from the foundation of the world. Then, dismissing the crowds, he went into the house. His disciples approached him and said, Explain to us the parables of the weeds in the field. He said in reply, He who sows good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, the good seed the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. Just as weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth, Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears ought to hear. As I always say, when I prepare to preach on a certain gospel passage, I have the sermon prepared, but there's always so much more as I'm reading it that comes to me. Just one line that struck me as I was reading it just now is, He who sows good seed is the Son of Man. We often think of ourselves as the ones sowing the seed. It's true we do our part. It's true we have a part to play. God calls us to work in the field. But he's the one sowing the good seed. He's the only one really capable of sowing the good seed. And anything that we do is really just cooperation with his grace and his plan. So our Lord plants all these good seeds. And I think 
in particular of the sacraments and, and the scriptures. He gives us his word and his word is perfect. He gives us the sacraments. When a baby is baptized, they say, if you could see the soul of that baby, you would just faint. You would just die because that baby becomes a repository for all the graces of heaven. Just heaven is poured into this baby's soul. The Holy Spirit, the, the God Almighty himself. And that baby doesn't have any sin. That baby is completely pure. It's funny, the baby from original sin has concupiscence, so he, he or she is still going to scream and cry and manipulate their parents. They learn to do that very young to get what they want, etc. But there's no sin there. There's no free will active yet. There's no age of reason. So they become corrupted over time. And largely, we're the ones corrupting them, the older people. And... It says here, the Son of Man will send his angels, collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. So our Lord is very insistent. It's not just about sinning. It's about leading others to sin. This is a far worse sin. This is a sin that's worthy of hell. And he says it in other places. Be better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and thrown to the bottom of the ocean. Another way to say that is it would be, you're going to go to hell. Because if you have a millstone tied around your neck and thrown to the bottom of the ocean, you're not going to have a proper burial. And Jews believed a proper burial was necessary to, uh, to not go to hell. So there is a scandal that takes place as we grow. We are scandalized and we scandalize others and we lead others to sin. So this parable, the weeds and the wheat, is very, very important. It's important for us to understand they're always going to be side by side. I hear very often from people who tell me they don't go to church anymore. They don't believe in God anymore. They don't pray anymore. And it always, very often it has to do at least what they're saying, Never mind the deeper issues, but at least what they're saying very often has to do with the fact that there's evil in the world. Why would God allow this evil? Why would God allow this physical suffering? Why would God allow that storm that killed those people? The list goes on and on. Why would God allow these wars? Why would God allow an eclipse of the sun that did damage? I, I don't know. You know, there's so many different things. Sunspots, hurricanes, <laughs> tornadoes, uh, floods, tsunamis, earthquakes, etc. Why does God allow these things? Our faith teaches us that the world was perfect, but our sins brought in an opening to the evil one. Our, our world became open to the power of darkness because of our sins. First, Adam and Eve, but all of us. And so evil happens because, well, plain and simple, we've chosen evil and evil and good now exist side by side. Is God all good? Yes, but he doesn't control us. He's not a dictator God. He respects our free will, and he's always there with his grace to help us, but he allows things to happen as we have permitted them to happen, as we have chosen for them to happen. People might think, well, how do my sins cause natural disasters? Well, we're no longer in harmony. We're no longer in harmony with nature. We're no longer in harmony with uh, ourselves. We're all divided within ourselves. We're divided amongst each other. 
we're certainly lacking harmony with God. So what happens is you have this reality of the weeds and the wheat growing up side by side. And you know, because of sin, this is the only way to even find redemption. If God were to take one of us sinful people and put us in a place that's just 100% good, I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't look the way the world looks now. Would we be overcoming sin if there was no uh, external challenge, if it was just within us? No, I mean, we would be causing sin. We would be destroying the world around us. Jesus needed to save us through the cross because of our sins. We believe Jesus was still, you know, he's the one through whom we were made. So therefore, he's the one through whom we would go to heaven. If there were no sin, he wouldn't have to die on the cross. But he has to endure the greatest possible evil because of our sins. He has to pay the price. He has to endure the punishment. God does not take away his justice, and we don't want him to. We constantly cry out for justice when wrong is done, but his mercy is greater than his justice. The justice has to be there. But then there's the mercy, which is even greater. That's where his grace comes in. So this is why it's so important that we not judge. Our goal is to save everyone. We are the weeds. This is one of the themes that comes out of this reading. We ourselves cause evil. We don't want God to just destroy all evil because then he would destroy you and me. We don't want him to intervene in this way. We want to work through. We want to struggle. This is how we get to heaven. We want to purify ourselves. We want to work on ourselves. And it's things like patience. Imagine you can't grow in patience. I mean, this is probably one of the best examples I can think of of what I was already saying. If the world around us was perfect, we'd have no need for patience. Yet we need patience to get into heaven. You know, so we need to endure evil. That's part of our working out our salvation. Getting to the point where, you know, we can be charitable despite all challenges where, you know, we can persevere in our faith despite the fact that there are challenges to our faith. So we have to remember that we are the weeds, and this is why we strive not to judge the whole thing about a plank in your own eye keeping you from being able to take the speck out of another person's eye. It's such a great image. Our Lord is using humor when he says that. How can you remove the speck from your brother's eye if you have a big plank sticking out of your own? Imagine if you walked around life with a big plank sticking out of your eye. You wouldn't be able to walk. It would be too big. It wouldn't fit in your eye. But yet, this is what our Lord is saying. We are overcome with sin. I love the movie The Shack. I've never actually read the book. And I know some people have problems with it because God the Father is played by a woman, etc. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah, there's. <laughs> it's not going to be perfect. Uh, but the people that get hooked on this one or two particular details, um, you know, they miss the point. One of the best scenes in the movie, and it talks about exactly what we're talking about here, is when the Holy Spirit takes the man, I forget the man's name, the main character, but he has lost his daughter. The daughter was brutally killed. And so he has this little retreat, the father, son, and spirit take him away where he's able to work through his pain. He's able to work through his anger. And he's feeling an endless amount of rage. He wants the man that killed his daughter to suffer and die like a dog. And we don't even, we treat dogs very well. So that's not even a good image. 
but he wants that person to die. He wants that person to go to hell. And so the Holy Spirit, there's the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and they meet with the man and, and discuss things with him in different ways. They teach him different lessons. Uh, this is a very powerful scene where the Spirit is talking to the man about punishment and about fatherhood. And uh, the Holy Spirit is played also by a woman, and she is saying to him, I forget all the exact words. It's been a while since I've seen it. But essentially, okay, you're a father. Okay, and your kids, they've, they've done this, they've done that, they've sinned, they've messed up. In fact, even just the daughter's death had to do with the fact that he had to go tend to his other two kids. And so isn't it, in a way, partly their fault, you know, because the no one was watching the third child. Uh, you know, he doesn't feel that way because he's a loving, forgiving father. Hmm, that's interesting. But the Holy Spirit says, okay, your children have sinned. So therefore, by your logic, they're deserving of hell. They're not deserving of forgiveness by your logic. So therefore, which one would you like to send to hell first? And he flips out. Of course, I don't want to do that. Of course, don't even say that. Okay, well, do you understand how the father in heaven feels? These are all his children. We are all his children. The weeds and the wheat are all his children. And he wants us to have every single chance, even the mass murderers, even the rapists. It's a horrible thing to think about, but he wants everyone to have every chance possible to repent, to do penance for their sins. He doesn't make it easy for us. I mean, in some ways he makes it easy when we're being faithful. Yeah, when we start to pick up our pace in the race towards heaven, yeah, then he helps us especially with things like the rosary, the scapular, things connected to devotion to Mary. They're meant to make things quicker and easier for us, but God does not take away the fact that we need to do penance for our sins. So yes, there's going to be lots of penance for all of us, depending on what we've done, whether it's here on earth or whether it's in purgatory. We still have to endure a great deal, and they say it's far better to do your penance while you're here on earth. Become a follower to the best of your ability. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving, practicing virtue, reading scripture, etc. Praying every day. So getting back to that scene, the man understands, okay, I don't want any of my children to go to hell. Okay, I understand where the father is coming from. But still, what do I do with this anger? What do I do with these feelings? And that's a good topic for another sermon. You know, how do we deal with our rage? Because is it okay for us to be angry when we've been wronged? Sure it is. It definitely is. Anger is an emotion. And that's processing that is, is its own challenge. That's its own topic, like I say, for another day. But it's important that we read this parable and that we pray about it because we need to be men and women of forgiveness. We need to realize, and I just want to end on this note, when people are struggling with forgiveness, especially struggling with judgmentalism and loving to point the finger at others, blame others, gossip about others, I just challenge people to do what the church has always recommended, and that is at least once a day examine your conscience and just say, okay, I have done X, Y, and Z. But examine your conscience for the good as well. I am good. I do these good things. I have these good qualities. At the same time, I've done evil. Today, I've committed this sin, this sin, this sin. We ask the Lord for forgiveness. We thank him for the good things. And we just recognize the good and the bad. We thank him for the good. We want to work on the bad. And then we look at everybody else. 
And hopefully the more we're challenging ourselves, examining ourselves, we can see others the same way. That everyone is a child of God deserving of dignity, but at the same time everyone else has done wrong. And we wish to be treated with love and mercy and forgiveness. Therefore, we need to treat our brothers and sisters the same way. Hope everybody has a great day. God bless.